I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tobacito. We are so happy to have you. Happy holidays and happy Thanksgiving, especially this week. Um, We have a very special episode this week. Um, I've invited my dear friend and fan favorite, and it's been way too long. In fact, I think Kevin has missed you more than I have. (laughs) I bring it up all the time. (laughs) He really does. I love to be missed. When are we going to get Janice back? You do ask it all the time. When's Janice coming back? It does seem like it's been a long time. Yes. It has has been a long time. In fact, somebody somebody dear to me this week texted me and said, I just listened to sex with you and Janice. I was like, that was (laughs) so last year. (laughs) Oh my God, that was like the early days. Yeah, it was. They listened to number two instead of number one. I was like, both are good. (laughs) So you just, you always are so fabulous. Um, Thank you, Janice. It's so fun to be here. Oh, you're, you're perfect. Of course. Um, okay, so I have to thank our sponsor of today's episode of someone who's so dear, dear, dear to me. And actually, I met her through you, Janice. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, you introduced me to Stacy Duran, and she oh. is a superstar. She really is. She really is. She's a cool chick. Very She's cool. a very cool chick. And um, she's a big fan of the remedy and I mean, she's just a big girl fan, which I love. Like she's, she is, she's she a is. real encouraging. She, in fact, she was on the podcast. I asked her to come talk about how to be a good friend. Oh, because she's just, she knows how to show up for people. That's awesome. Yeah. That's such a compliment. Yeah. She, she shows up for women people. need to remember that. Yeah. If women could be friends with other women across the board, Mm-hmm. It would make a big difference. Yeah. Men would stop acting the fool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this has nothing to do with what we're talking no, about. But doesn't. what is the connection with that? Um, that's fascinating. Well, to me. I just think that you know, if women had a girl code and they refused to fool around with a married man yes. or somebody that's in a relationship, then that sort of behavior would stop. And it's really about women being loyal to women. Yes. And that would make a big difference. I think sometimes as women, we have been raised to believe that we need to be competitive with other women and that they're enemies or whatever. But there's a loyalty thing there that would keep, it would make a gigantic difference in the world as far as cheating is concerned. Oh, I you're so right. It would be big. Yeah. That, I, I, and, and for the life of me, I'll never understand why that doesn't exist because I would never, I mean, I say never, I hope I would never, I hope I would never do something that would hurt another woman. Well, I think what happens is, which again, this is not the topic. No, but it's but still I fascinating. But I think that uh, because of codependency and women not having a real strong value of themselves and, and getting their value from being in a relationship and that overrides that loyalty or even the brain, I think the pathways in the brain that need to be loved, I need to be loved, I need to be wanted, 
is so strong if they were not raised really understanding their true value just as being a child of God, mm-hmm. then uh, then they have to look outside and it's men. Mm-hmm. And so that is so strong that, and the need to be loved is so strong that they'll choose that. Yeah. And the loyalty pathway is hasn't been developed. Yeah. And that makes sense, yeah. but dang, it's sad. It is. It is. It's really sad. We should work on that. <laughs> yeah, we we should we like sh- we should really do a podcast on that. Yeah, it'd like, be cool. How do we do that? Because yeah. uh, because girlfriends are such a blessing. They are. They really really are. And being a girl cheerleader is a blessing. But I mean, you can't deny the fact that you know we're all going into the holidays and we're going to show up to a bunch of Christmas parties, and th- women are not dressing for the most part, for the men in the room, they're dressing for the other women right, in the room. Right, They want to outdress, outdo, right. outbe right. Right. The, the other women. Yeah, okay. So okay, we'll pause that, pick it up in the new year. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> okay, so I have to tell you all some exciting stuff. So Janice and I, we actually just met before this, and um, in the new year, we have some really, really, really fun exciting things coming. So um, we're going to do a Women's Day um, together, which I'm super excited about. We're going to do that at the end of January. So information is going to come out about that on Instagram, and I'll, I'll say more about it next week on the podcast. Um, but save the date for now. Save the date. We're going to do a really fun like conversation with Janice and Tova. We're, it's going to be January 25th. 25th. On a Saturday, we're gonna. It's gonna be three hours, and beforehand, you can submit questions to Janice and I that we will address anonymously in a with an intimate group of women, and we're gonna do it at Janice's beautiful home. <laughs> if the construction is finished, <laughs> <laughs> well, she's redoing Hopefully. it, and I saw pictures of it today. It's gorgeous. So it's just gonna be a really, really intimate conversation, and you guys will. You can, um, when you register, you can submit questions and ask us anything uh, about relationships, about sex, about self-esteem, about parenting, about codependency, about boundaries, about family. I mean, what else? I think that's it. And I think that the thing that is so exciting about this to me is that I have the privilege of working with a lot of women and there's just such a fantastically great group of women that need to know each other. And they and that sort of vulnerability it. that they'll experience by asking a question or just listening to the answers mm-hmm. will will help bring a connection. Again, that loyalty sort of thing with women and the cool women that will come will be blessed by that because there's just nothing like really great women oh, yes. to hang out with. So it'll be really fun. Yes. I'm so excited I about it. It's been a dream that. for me uh, for a long time to get a lot of these women together. So I think it'd be cool. Well, I'm I, excited. Space is going to be limited because your house is big, but it's, it's not very, it's big. not, it's not a mansion. <laughs> um, and so when registration comes out, you're really going to want to be a part of it. I, I, and I, we're hoping that this is the first of many that we do like this. I mean, we have people who listen to us, and you have fans of 
of my show that listen all over. I mean, we were just with your daughter and we have people who listen in California and Arizona and I have friends who listen in California and we've got a slew in New York and Florida and... Australia. Australia. <laughs> Australia, my here we come. <laughs> now <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> so um, anyway, save the date. Save the date. It's going to be January 25th. And then we're going to do a couples workshop. And this is going to be geared towards uh, people who've been married, like newlyweds, people who've been married zero to five years. And we are going to do that on February 22nd, which is just the week after Valentine's Day. So it'd be Uh a great Valentine's gift um, for your spouse, for your husband or wife. And more information will be coming about that as well. But we're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about communication. We're going to talk about boundaries. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about parenting. We're going to talk about um, dates, how important it is to go on dates. And we're going to put a spiritual bent to all of this. Um, So you're practical. You're 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 the brain um i'm the the spiritual you're the guru yeah, the spiritual, the spiritual guru of, <laughs> and and we're a great we're a great we're a great match yeah, so yeah, it's, it's going to be, be a lot of fun we we have a lot of fun things planned for next year so that's just the beginning um okay now on today's topic so this week is thanksgiving and um i asked janice if she would come on and talk about holiday triggers because you know it's so funny when i was planning this janice i was thinking about how i was thinking about all the triggers that people have big triggers right um and and whenever there's a holiday if there's a trigger if there's something going on in your life it's magnified right whatever whatever it is it's magnified over the holidays. And that can be a really good thing and that can be a really hard thing. So if you're pregnant and you're about to have a baby, I think Christmas is that much more special because a baby's coming. Or if it's the baby's first Christmas or if you just got married, then and it's your first Christmas. Right. You know, there's so if it's good, it's really good. But if it's not good, it's really not good at Christmas. That's right. And and a lot of times people don't even recognize that they may be in a place of feeling sad or anxious or fearful, and it may not have anything to do with what they're experiencing right now, but it may be historical. So we'll get into that and talk about what happens with that. And being able to recognize it will help because then people can be like, oh, okay, well, that has more to do with what happened in the past than what is happening right now, but it does get triggered. Yes. And I, I mean, and there's so many triggers. I mean, I was writing down, when I was writing down all of them, I'm like, how does anybody have a good holiday? Right. <laughs> when you think about all the the different dynamics that people and, and life that people are juggling. And if it's magnified and it's good, that's great. But if it's magnified and it's bad, there's a lot, there's a lot of hard, there's right. a lot of hard out there. Right. Does just out of curiosity, do people who come see you, does that increase? Yes. Over the holidays? Yes. People it are definitely does. gearing up, try, preparing themselves emotionally and psychologically Right, and people who may be uh, maybe being treated for a depressive disorder or an anxiety disorder, 
I'll always tell them, don't be surprised if you feel that escalate a little bit and you may want to bump up your antidepressant during that time period just because it will be magnified. Mm -hmm. Because we, you know, a lot of us live under this kind of illusion of everybody's one big happy family and everybody's got plenty of money and everybody's getting along and holidays are fantastic. And if your reality does not match that fantasy, then you'll feel like there's something wrong with you or you're missing out. Whereas really a lot of that is fantasy. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is a lot of, and there's a lot of stress under the holiday. Yeah. You know, you even think about the Christmas songs, like it's the most wonderful time of the year. That's a lot of pressure. It is. You know, because it is. What if it's not? You right. know, what if it's not the most wonderful time of year? Right. And and so you're right. Like not only do you feel bad, but now there's all this pressure to feel good. Like maybe in August you feel bad, but you don't have pressure to right. be joyful. But now all of a sudden it's Christmas time and you're supposed to be full of all this joy and cheer and gratitude and and love, and and you really don't feel it, then it's, I, I would imagine, it intensifies that already not-so-good feeling. It's, yeah, people will step into, what's wrong with me? Why am I not feeling the same level of joy as the person next door appears to be feeling, whether it's real or not? And all of the commercials on television are about happy families sitting around the table. You know, they don't show you a, a family sitting around the table where... You know, the dad is slobbering drunk or there's the mom is angry and won't talk, you know. So there's a lot of dynamics that are intensified during the holidays that um, that we don't see. And so then when if people are watching television or whatever, they think, well, I am, what's wrong with me? I'm bad. My family's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, there, it's interesting, Tova, because... We have two kinds of memories, and I think I've talked about this before, but we have cognitive memories, which are the logistics, the pecan pies and the turkey and the presents, and then we have the emotional component, which are happy, sad, scared, um, angry, whatever, lonely, whatever those feelings are. And so what happens is... The a lot of times we will have em, these emotional memories that have nothing to do with today, but may be historical. So, for example, if you drew, if you grew up in a household where there was active alcoholism, and the and the, whoever the alcoholic was got really drunk, and then the the they had arguments with their spouse. And so as a child, you internalize that anger and that sadness and that fear, and that stays in our body. Emotions are energy and motion, as we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. And so there'll be triggers that both good and bad that will be not related to the present, but will be related to the past. And if people can learn to recognize that by either saying, okay, so wait, I'm feeling sad what is that about? Is that a current day event that is causing me to be mm-hmm. sad? Or is there something historical? I'll give you an example. My father loved pecan pie. And every 
Christmas and Thanksgiving, my mom would make a pecan pie, and I can picture my father right now standing at the sink, slicing a little slice and kind of stuffing in his mouth really quickly (laughs) so my mother wouldn't rag on him for eating too much of it. (laughs) And so I remember like two Christmases after my father died, I was in Whole Foods, and I looked at this pecan pie, and I started crying. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what? What is that about? And then I realized that it was a sadness of the loss of my father, that that I thought I was pretty much through that grieving period, but that was reminiscent. It it was my dad. That represented my dad. And so I was feeling residual grief about the loss of my father. And so recognizing that, I was able to be like, okay, Okay, well, that's related to my dad, and that's a sweet sort of grief because now I'm thinking about my dad, and he was really cute and really sweet, and there was a there was a sweetness to the sadness because I realized where it was from. There, another thing that happens is that addictions. You know, remember that addictions are a a are the result of a family system that was dysfunctional in some way. Every addiction? Every addiction. I did not know that. Yes. Addiction is a shame-based behavior that we develop in order to take us out of some of those emotional memories. So, as a result of that, a lot of people who are active in an addiction... It increases during that time period because there is a cognitive memory and an emotional memory that triggers that addiction. So a lot of times what we'll see is addictions will escalate during the holidays. If there's an alcohol addiction and maybe somebody has been sober for, you know, a couple of years, and maybe they relapse during that time period, or if somebody has a spending addiction, and then they go out and it's all about spending, and so they are reactivated in that addiction. And, or, I mean, there's a lot. There's a sexual behavior. It's very interesting, but people, men who and women who act out sexually, that tends to increase during the holidays because the emotional component that has the historical base for their addiction Mm -hmm. is being activated. Mm -hmm. And so they will go to those coping mechanisms. Think about food. Mm -hmm. Think about people who maybe have an eating disorder, either restriction or overeating. And it's the holidays are all about food. And if they have sadness or if they have anger or if they feel really lonely, then they'll slip back in that. Mm -hmm. So, so, okay, you you bring up you bring up one one I, I don't even know one issue and that is like childhood stuff right child and and that's big that's really big because when we go back home for the holidays if right. when we are with family I mean it's so interesting because when I when my mom was alive my mom passed away in two thousand three but when my mom was alive it didn't matter how old I was. When I was in her home, I was 15. Right. I was. <laughs> I just was. No, it's true. 
It's really and true. I didn't. I mean, I wish that she lived longer so that I could be adult Tova because I've learned how to be adult Tova right. now, thanks to you. But I never was able to be adult Tova when my mom was alive. Every if I was in my mom's house, I was fifteen. Uh-huh. I was a pleaser. I was scared. I needed everything to be okay. I needed her to be okay so that I could be okay. You know, I was, I was a scared little girl. And that's trauma. Yes. That's the result of trauma. Yes. Because it was not your job to take care of her. No, 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 no. The responsibility that I was given as a child should was not mine. Right. And I do know that now. However, I do know that there are a lot of people who are listening to this show who haven't had the opportunity to go through their family of origin stuff, and we're not going to solve it today in this podcast. But, like, what are some things that, what are some thought processes or some some mantras or, Mm -hmm. you know, going, like, you're, it's Thursday morning, you've got to be at mom and dad's at two, and, and you're still... 15 at mom and dad's house. What are, what are some things that people who still struggle with that or who struggle with that? Um, what are some thought processes? What are some things that can help them be more, uh, take care of themselves better? So they're not, they're not, they don't, they don't revert back to this, this little girl, this little boy that, that is scared or traumatized or or right, you know what I'm trying yeah. to ask. Well, I think that first of all is recognizing that that can happen is huge. Mm-hmm. So what I will tell people is, you know, you're going to go back into your family system, and if your if your family system has not been in recovery and has not the recognition of dysfunctional behaviors and and also very functional behaviors, so you can just pretty much count on that the rest of the animals in the laboratory or the rats in the laboratory are going to be acting out of their woundedness, parents, children, grandchildren, whatever. So the recognition of that empowers you to go into that family system expecting the dysfunction. If you, if you expect the dysfunction, it's like, okay, I'm prepared for that. And I'll, I'll tell people, I'll say, pretend like when you walk into that room that all of those people are in a, an aquarium, a glass aquarium, and you're on the outside, and you're watching it, and you're watching the animals do what they do. Mm-hmm. Somebody's, you know, being really people-pleasing. Somebody else is mad. Somebody else is drunk. <laughs> Somebody is crying because they're not getting what they want. You know, and if you are observing it and you can say to yourself, isn't that interesting? There is my family acting out what they learned to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is so interesting. And if you're on the outside, a lot of times I don't want people to feel like they're on the outside looking in because that's lonely. But if you're doing it from an observer's position, Mm -hmm. then you're looking at it and you're like, oh, there, yeah. Because everybody in the family is going to take on a role that they had, either in their own childhood, if it's the parents or siblings that are adults or whatever. So that is a huge help for people. Go in there with the expectation that the dysfunction that they've experienced in the past 
probably will happen again. It's a thousand percent going to happen again. Yeah. And then it's okay. I mean, it may not be okay in that you would like for it to be different, but it's about acceptance. It is what it is. And I can be okay if I detach from it emotionally and just watch it. You can, detachment with love is a very powerful position. Mm -hmm. So I can love my mom even if she is doing what she always does. My mother used to get really, at Christmas especially, she would get really uptight about everything being perfect. She wanted food to be perfect and wanted all the presents to be perfect. So I, of course, modeled that, and I would get very stressed out at Christmas. And I realized that if I had gone into the Christmas as an adult with my with my mother thinking, okay, well, mom will probably be stressed out. That's okay. That's just mom being mom, and I don't have to fix it. Then my Christmases as an adult going back in there would have been very different because what I did is I would go back in and be like, oh, my gosh, hurry up. we got to make everything perfect and one of my children to act perfectly and put big, ugly bows in their hair, <laughs> and they had to be all dressed up, you know, for eating and eating at the table at home, you know, I mean, go figure, you know, and so there's so many people that do that. I know. And so that, so the awareness is gigantic. That's huge. I I wish somebody had, had told me that advice a long time ago. Yeah. Expect it, expect it. And you, you want to know what's so funny is that there are people who anticipate it with great, um, either anger or fear or, um, you know, the, the anticipation is almost too much because of the emotion that's attached to it. But you're saying, acknowledge that it's probably going to be a shit show to varying degrees and you're in control of your emotions. It doesn't have anything to do with you. Everything that's happening is a result of what they've been through. Exactly. And what they've experienced. It's not personal. So all you have to do is go in and be. Right. I, you know, people can put themselves in a jelly jar. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that boundary of being like, oh, my goodness, there they are being exactly what who they are. And that's <laughs> good. They're going to do what they're going to do. And allow those emotions and those behaviors to bounce off your jelly jar or your George Jetson capsule <laughs> and not take it personally. Mm-hmm. People are going to be who they're going to be, and it will be intensified. Holidays just intensify that because a lot of people are grieving. They're grieving the loss of relationships. They're grieving maybe the loss of a job. They're grieving the loss of a parent or a grandparent. And even if it's not a recent loss, they're going to be lonely for that person. Mm-hmm. I also think that it's a kind of a good idea to, I like for people to go around the table. We've done this in our house forever and talk about something for which they're really grateful before we eat. And and then another thing that people can do is if there's somebody that they're missing, if they could say, you know what, I'm really missing my mom today. Mm-hmm. I wish she were here. Mm-hmm. And she was funny because she would get so persnickety about all the little details. And I wish she were here doing that. And then you can kind of joyfully recognize some of the dysfunction of your past. That's good. And talking about it will give people relief. Yeah. 
That's really, really, really. It is good. kind of a bummer, though. Sorry, guys, to jump no, in. No, but we love do. when you the jump Christmas into. is such a fun time, and it gets more stressful every single year of your life. I would assume forever. Actually, no. No. <laughs> you get, you get old to a point where you you, <laughs> <laughs> you get old enough that you're like, I don't care. I don't care. I mean, There's I told my you yet, Kev. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not. Yeah, I definitely haven't plateaued. <laughs> no, you're too young. But you know, when uh, my husband and I were talking last night, because uh, it does, it, he had back surgery, so he really can't put a, a crisp, up a Christmas tree. And our house is under construction, so Lord knows when that'll be finished. And I am so excited about not having a Christmas tree. Really? <laughs> and my husband is so sad. <laughs> I would be so sad. Me I'm too. Like, I mean, but but that's because you're. I have been uh, cultured to make the house really decorated and to make the Christmas tree really pretty. Sure. And so, giving yourself a break around some yeah. of that stuff also helps. Yeah. That's a great, that's great advice. Like we do so much out of obligation or duty or because everybody else is doing it or that's what the tradition or that's what you're supposed to do. And if you're not feeling it, like. Don't do it. Yeah. Just take the year off. Yeah. We started at at our house, uh, at my house, when my daughters and all their kids and everybody are there picking up Mikosina on Christmas Eve about two in the afternoon, and then I put it in the refrigerator, and that's what we have for Christmas lunch. <laughs> so that our our unwrapping presents isn't interrupted, you know, and we just heat up Mikosina, and that's our Christmas lunch. And it's so fun. That's adorable. And I'm but, very glad to hear there's a tipping point there. To, to there where is it, a tipping that's point. That's good, yes. You know, another, you start off with such a good slate as a kid, like it's the greatest time of the year, and then as you get older every single year, it's a little more pressure about something, you know? Well, yes. what is got, what's important about that too, Kevin, I think, is that we spend a lot of money at Christmas, and I don't, and a lot of times people will put themselves in extreme debt, yeah. and that is a gigantic stressor. I think I encourage people to draw names, yes. you know, don't buy all your brothers and sisters and all the grandkids, I mean, all the kids, as a grandmother, I'll buy them something, um, but uh, but to really limit yeah. your spending, and, and because that is a huge stressor. That's the Absolutely. biggest stressor, for, Absolutely. And so you, you know, I think it's really important. I think it'd be really good for you and your wife to sit down and talk about, okay, how much money are we going to spend? And how much money are we going to spend on one another? And how much money are we going to spend on neighbors? Are we going to make cookies or whatever that is? And give yourself a break. Because we don't share any kind of finances. I know that's like, people always think that's weird, but. I know. When you told me that the other day, we I just never shifted out. over when we got married. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. I mean, whatever works for you. So, what do you have? Well, I think who we should pays eventually. for your rent? We split it. Oh, yeah. That's cool. The way usually I'll write a check or she'll write a check and then we Venmo. Yeah, I think that's, that's cool. That's pretty much it. You know what I do for my kids for Christmas? Because I, the first couple of years were just so out of control. And I, it was my fault, really. Right. Because. They had never had Christmas. Uh, they, oh, like, yeah, I can see that. I oh, me too. Had adopted them. You know, I just adopted them. I wanted to just. I was dying for children. You know, I just. It was so easy to go bananas. I'll bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like, okay, I can't. I gotta stop going bananas. And and I, I didn't really. I, I really do believe that. You know, gifts are wonderful. I love gifts. I mean, I love giving gifts and I love getting gifts. 
But I also know that at the end of the day, that's not what Christmas is about. Mm -hmm. And so I tied their gifts um, to, our, they get gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They get three gifts from me. Oh, I love it. And the gold gift is the Mac Daddy, uh -huh. you know, like something super expensive, fancy, whatever, frankincense, myrrh. And then they get a bunch of stuff in their stock, stockings, like the most right. fun part. Because it's, you know, it's cash and gift cards and stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, they get so much stuff from their grandparents and aunts and uncles and godparents, and they're not lacking. And, and, and you know, now that Topher and I are divorced, they get a whole other right. set of gifts from him. Right. But it's just, it really has made, it's simplified Christmas mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I, it was, at, at first it was about the volume of presents, now it's about the quality, you know, and, and the meaning behind it. I, I try really hard to make those three gifts really, really, really personal. I love that. I like it too. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. Thanks. I think it's really cool too. And I think you're, I think to keep it simple. Simple. Silly. Yeah. You know, I mean, kiss it. Kiss Christmas with that and keep that in mind. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah. Keep it simple. You know, have, you know, like you say, give somebody, think in your mind, okay, I'm going to give my children three gifts. Mm -hmm. We're going to go on a family trip. They're going to be 16 of us. And uh, my husband and I are paying for their lodging. And then the kids are paying for their transportation there. But but we all talked about it and said, you know, let's don't, let's keep it really low budget and just enjoy being together on that vacation. Yeah. You know, Gosh, with 16, kids, all you have to do is hang out. It's so I mean, fun. isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and two, the, the twins don't even get to come. Oh, that's so fun that you're doing that. It's really fun. You know, if somebody was going to give me a gift, I would always prefer an experience. Me too. Oh, my gosh. That is the greatest gift of all. I think so, too. Yeah. I, really I would always do. rather go and play and have a memory. Yeah. And, you know, the uh, the the... Talking about how you want it to look before you get going with it is so vital. It's really good. Because once we get out and about, and once we're at North Park, yep. it is so easy. It takes easy it you over. Because you, there are a million things that you would love to give your daughters or your grandchildren or your, or your spouse or whatever. Yep. So if you make a plan, figure out how many presents you're going to give, at one Christmas, a couple of Christmases ago, I wrote, I wrapped 89 presents. Janice. I know. With my, with, um, to my family. Oh my and they weren't all expensive, but just the wrapping made me the Grinch. <laughs> it was like, and so oh. I thought, okay, you know what? I'm just not going to do that anymore. Oh. You know, because it was insane. I mean, there are a lot of people. But it was it, so. If you got, if you have a plan, yeah, and stick to the plan, yeah, and a really plan good. to implement the plan. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have trouble because you're going to pull your credit card out and and double what you said, then get a, a debit card yeah. and put a certain amount of money in it, yeah. or you know, a have cash somebody card. Hold or you something. accountable, right? Something. Right. And I think as a couple, I think that that's really important is that you really do have a plan together. Yeah, I like yes, that. Yes, I'm learning a lot here. <laughs> Pardon me. 
The it holidays are a stressful time. They are stressful. And well, they if don't you need have someone to, to handle the wrapping service for you, my wife is very reasonable and she loves to do it. So I can put you in touch with her if you want someone to. <laughs> no, people hire her to wrap idea. their presents all oh the time. Oh my gosh, every that year. is awesome. <laughs> that's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. I would never do it. I hate wrapping presents because I'm horrible at it. But. Guys wrapping presents is hilarious. It's, it's always embarrassing, <laughs> like, it turns out. <laughs> Okay, so let's. So we talked about family. We did. Uh-huh. Uh, that was really good. That was good. super helpful. Um, let's talk about. And we talked about finances. We talked about family triggers. These are all the things that I wrote down. Let's talk about in laws. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Some people love their in laws. Right. Some people are really lucky and they get along great and there's no problems. And then other people, I mean, they're already getting a stomach ache thinking about. The coming week, with there's, there's middle ground there, there too. You can also love your in in laws, and there's things that they and do still to have drive a stomach ache. Well, yeah, <laughs> of course, <laughs> that's because that's they're probably human. the norm. Yeah. They're human. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, what are? I mean, I think it. I think that your recommendation of uh, visualizing beforehand uh-huh. uh, was probably really helpful. But what are some other touch points or thought processes that might be really helpful when it comes to in laws? I think that if you will enter in with an attitude of gratitude about your in-laws, which sometimes is difficult, but one way that you can do that is to make a list before you enter into the holiday events of four or five things that you really do admire about your in-laws and that if you will talk to your partner about that, and say, you know, I was just thinking about going to your mom's house for Christmas. And I was thinking about how well she does lunch or how sweet she is to uh, our children. Or I love the way your dad laughs when he tells a joke at the table so that you're focusing on the positives because, because we're tired when we go into those events and because we're depleted, we maybe spent a lot of money. We've had a lot, we've been to parties, we've eaten too much, had too much alcohol or whatever. And so we're, we're fatigued and going in with an attitude of gratitude will really help people. And it'll bring you close together because it's important that we remember that one of the greatest gifts we can give our significant other is to love their family. Yes. Even if you don't love them. It's really good, Janice. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. Be kind. That's, uh, you so know, good. that was, I love, my favorite thing is that what the Dalai Lama said is my religion is kindness. Yes. And I just read that in, you know, a, in it, one of my devotionals recently. It's so, it, that's what your goal is, yeah. is to go in there. And that's a tremendous gift. Yeah. And yet, you don't want to know what's so good about you saying that. You know, your spouse, your spouse has an allegiance to you. Sure. For sure. You know, of course, like if I was married and I did not like my spouse's family, the first of all, he knows that. Whether I address it or not, whether I talk about it or not, he knows, he's going to know me well enough to know that I don't like his family. That's already going to make him feel inadequate, defensive, mm-hmm. less than, because somehow his family isn't good enough for you to like. Mm-hmm. And that probably makes him feel a little bit insecure. And probably angry. Yeah, even if he doesn't talk about it or right. address it or say it. And and that's that's rough. 
that's rough because as much of an allegiance as spouses have and should have to one another, they also have a crazy allegiance and love. And even if it's crazy, like, right, I have crazy. I come from crazy. I can talk all day about my family's crazy. Right. You can't. Exactly. You know, you need to back off about my family's crazy because your family's crazy too, mm-hmm. you know? And so we get into this war of whose family is crazier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the truth is we're all crazy. It's all crazy because we're all human. Like you That's said, it's right. all imperfect. It's all a mess. And I just, I absolutely love that advice. They're never going to change because you're the in-law. Yes, that's right. They're that's never right. going to change. Well, and it's because not, you're the in-law, and it's not okay for you to expect them to no. change or even ask them to change or try. When, when you go into that environment and your objective is to be kind mm-hmm. and love them with kindness, you don't have to like them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you're going to be kind. Mm-hmm. Then that is going to that is going to increase your allegiance with your partner. Yes. I will say to people sometimes, yes. I know that you didn't, are not fans of your in-laws, but you don't get to let anybody know that. That's really good. On that occasion, when you're with them, you fake it. Mm-hmm. That's great. I'm so glad that that's your counsel because yeah. I agree with that so much. It's like, it's like you can't touch that. Like that's one area you can't touch. No. You're right. You're right. It's really, that's such, people need to hear that. People need to hear that because I think that there are a lot of couples and families who are not nice about in-laws and it's not your place. It's not, it's not our place to go in and ram rail and change and manipulate. And even if, let's say I was married and my mother-in-law hates me because She's jealous because of my relationship with her son or whatever. Right. Like, it's it's still not about me. No. That's still about her. Right. If she's ugly to me, it's still about her. And if I can compartmentalize that and not take it personal, then I can still be kind even when she's not. That's right. And And what you do, before you start taking somebody's inventory and especially taking like your mother-in-law's inventory and then making sure that your husband is aware of the inventory that you've taken. (laughs) And so before you sabotage your own relationship, you shut your mouth and breathe. Mm, That's good. Just breathe and realize this person is a child of God that is every bit as special and important as I am. Mm-hmm. So I don't she's I don't want her taking my inventory. I'm not going to take hers. Mm-hmm. Focus on what you like. Focus on something good. He she created your husband. That's right. <laughs> I that's mean right. If, if that's the only thing that you can go back to when it comes to gratitude, attitude of gratitude, the reason that 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 your spouse exists is because of his parents. That's right. So just be grateful for that. Right. Just Make That'll that really help. All it, day. It re- well, it really <laughs> will At Thanksgiving help. dinner, I'm not going to say I'm grateful for her dad's sperm or something. <laughs> you okay. can throw that out there if you want to. <laughs> when they go around the table this year, Kev, I think that should be it. Well, yeah, I know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> will, you, will you report oh, back and let us know how that yeah, goes? let us know how that goes. <laughs> I actually won't be with them on Thanksgiving, but oh. I'll just make it a goof. I, I like would not it. actually do that. Ooh, we love you, Kev. <laughs> Thanks, guys. 
Okay, so let's um, let's talk about um, estrangement. Let's talk about if you don't have a relationship with your family or your dad or your mom. And so the holidays is just this horrible reminder of the relationship that doesn't exist. I know a lot of people. I know. who, And that's, that is a very real pain. So, so that's sadness. Mm-hmm. And so when we feel sadness, the best way for us to get relief from sadness is to cry. So there's a, there is a process. So grief, as we've talked about before, is a five-step process. It, the first one is denial. The second step is anger. The third step is bargaining. The fourth step is depression. And the fifth step, step is de- acceptance, which doesn't mean you like it, but it is what it is. And so if you will take, allow yourself to w- walk through that process and settle in the acceptance of it is what it is, and I am going to feel sad about that. And then you allow yourself to have that. There's a formula, W squared, T squared, write about it, weep about it, think about it, talk about it. And you can release some of that emotion and then try to align yourself with another group. I remember when I was going to Al-Anon, there were a lot of people who were estranged from their family and they made the Al-Anon group their family Mm. and they made sure to go to a 12-step program a meeting on thanksgiving and on christmas and try to make plans with other people Mm -hmm. or go feed the homeless and allow those people to be your family our family we have a a biological family but the world is really our family Mm -hmm. and so the be around people Mm -hmm. go somewhere with people go you know, get tickets for a musical or one of the Christmas programs or something and make sure that you are reaching out to others who are probably feeling the same thing you are. Yeah, yeah. And don't, I think this is the one time you should, I know that there's a lot of people who feel weird about telling other people what they need or being, feeling like they're a burden. But I'm telling you, like, I mean, Mike, all my family is going to Utah this year and we're not going. And Topher's going to be away with his family. Uh-huh. And so it's literally just me and the kids. Mm-hmm. And I, before I even had time to think about what I was going to do with the kids, I mean, I've had 10 invitations. You know, uh, people, like, it, that's so thoughtful. So not only saying yes, but also looking beyond yourself and 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 if you are one of those people that isn't alone and you do have a big family and you do have the means to invite people or you are having look around because there are people who who need an invitation right there right. there really are and that'll give and that will give your that will be such a gift that you'll give yourself because your your environment will be benefited by the presence of that person. Absolutely. And it is it is a season of giving. And mm-hmm. so that camaraderie and being with uh, people who don't have what we have is something that really will satisfy mm-hmm. some loneliness. Yeah. There's activity will, has a huge impact on the effects of a loneliness. Because a lot of times what people will do when they're feeling lonely is they'll sit 
and they'll sit in the dark and they'll feel so sad and getting, getting up, go into the mall, get moving, you know, go play with puppies or Mm -hmm. go something, do something Mm -hmm. to get yourself out so that you can push yourself through that loneliness. It's really good. It's hard. It is hard. It's hard. Loneliness stinks. Yeah. But it doesn't kill you. No. And you will get through it. Yeah, you will get through you it. You will get through it. There's a there's another side to yeah. that. I've been lonely. Sure. I've been lonely in Me my too. life. And Me too. I think it's I think it's a powerful exercise to be lonely. I I really do. Yeah. Um when I got divorced at, and I did not date for quite a while, I was I could feel lonely. Mm-hmm. I could feel lonely. I I wasn't always lonely, but I could feel Lonely. You think everyone needs to feel that every once in a while? Yeah, I mean, just sure. To kind of, I do. Yeah. Sure. I do. Sometimes you can feel really lonely sitting in the living room with a bunch of people. Yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. And you know, you know what I think going through be, feeling alone has made me, uh, did for me, it strengthened, it like strengthened a muscle that I didn't have. And I don't, now, now you can I handle can, it better? Or? Totally. I, I, I can totally be alone and not feel lonely. And there were times, there were, uh, it was more often that if I was alone, I felt lonely. Now it's way more often that yeah. if I'm alone, I love being alone. Me too. Me too. I was always the opposite. I, I always loved being alone. I lived alone for eight years. Well, yeah, so you learned to do that. I did the same thing you did, Tova, when I got, I'd never lived alone until I got a divorce, ever. And so it was, I was terribly lonely mm-hmm. and, but I learned to develop that muscle and I'm like you, I, I am never lonely when I'm alone. No. But it can go the other way too. Like when I well, first yeah. started dating my now wife and I never, like I loved being on my own. That was my thing. I lived alone. I was, I was just, it's the, I liked being a bachelor. I liked living that way. And then as soon as we got together and then, you know, she goes on like these big trips with her family a lot and she's gone for two weeks and I'm just like lost. I'm like, I totally... <laughs> forgot how to be alone like it's just crazy and i'm just like counting down the minutes so she goes back and i'm like how did this happen like this used to be my whole life oh that's so that's a muscle that i had strengthened that i think just went weak after it makes sense though it's like a muscle you didn't use for a while yeah that's right makes total sense okay so to that point let's talk for a second about divorce because i mean i cannot believe how many people are always getting divorced. Like, I'm sure you are, it's not surprising to you at all because right. you're meeting with half of these people. In this <laughs> a lot of them, <laughs> some of them. But I have to say, I think divorce and holidays is just the pits, especially the first. Right. Because you don't know which way is up. And it doesn't matter what the hell the decree says. I mean, it does. But you're like, okay, am I really going to keep the kids until noon on Christmas? And Topher's really not going to come over and open presents because that's what we're supposed to do. And I, I, you're, it, you are, I felt, and I can only speak for me, but I felt like I was in no man's land. Like, because Topher and I, we were di- divorced. You know, we don't need to be spending holidays together. And yet we have these children and it's such a magical, especially Christmas, you know, waking up. And then there's like all the years that we spent Christmas together, you know, the traditions and the 
decorating the tree and and Chris, uh, going to church and what we did on Christmas Eve, and that's just obliterated. And now you've got to create these new normals, and everybody feels, I mean, the kids feel bad because what are you going to do, Mom? Like when they go to Dad's and it's Christmas Eve and, you know, all my friends and family are... Anyway, it's just a mess. Well, I think, you know, we as humans, it's so interesting because we just we just hate change. Yeah. And yet this minute is not the same as the minute before. So change is not something that doesn't happen that we can prevent. So leaning into it and rather than viewing things as now I have to create a whole new new normal for the holidays is you look at it and say, okay, now I get to do something different and you own it so that you don't feel victimized by it. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing we have a choice and change, we're not that great with change. I mean, animals, because they just don't have the brain that we have. So they don't have the capacity to, to feel sorry for themselves and to miss out on what they recall, even though you probably look at some of those events and think, yeah, it really wasn't that great, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but leaning into it and may, and owning it and being like, okay, this is a brand new today and this is what I'm going to do different and be proactive with it. Janice, I love that. And I just love that that's, this is why you're so good. I mean, I, I literally, I've never had that thought. You haven't? No. <laughs> and that is a damn great, that's just such great advice. Like, Thanks. because the way that I said it was so depressing. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. like that. That's so mm-hmm. good. I mean, I just can't even imagine how many people. I, I, and you know what? I think that you could also put death in that. Yeah. I mean, really, like, it used to be this way because that person was here. That person isn't here anymore. And you can be depressed. You can be distraught. You can be lonely. You can be so sad. And there's a minute, you know, that you sure. should feel that. But it also, like, what? It, let's do something different. You know, I remember after uh, Charlie died, th- he died August 31st and then Thanksgiving. I did not want to... I did not want to sit around and talk about what I was grateful for. Oh, I know. I can only imagine. Yeah, I just didn't. And Topher and I were married, and you know what we did? We went to the Broadmoor. Love it. And my parents were pissed. My mom was so pissed at me. Uh, you know, she just couldn't believe that I would leave. And I was like, Mom, I can't stay. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's just, I don't have this that capacity this mm-hmm. year. And... um. So I, I agree with you. It's just, it's just another perspective, like mm-hmm. looking at it from another angle and saying, what are we going to do? Because I did that with life. I did that with my kids. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, when uh-huh. Topher left and we were, it, I was like, okay, it's us. You know, it's the four of us. We get to make this our own. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to, we're going to make this house a party. Yeah. We're going to have joy. This is going to be our value system. We wrote them up and we made a poster board that's still in my front. I mean, we framed it. We, this is what our home stands for. Um, because it was so, for so long. And I was like, no, like we're creating something new here. It's like the declaration of independence. Yeah. 
It is. It kind of yeah. was. <laughs> but you, it, you don't have to, you can do that for the holidays too. Yeah. And we don't, you know, it's not, it's there. I don't want people to feel shame about feeling sad or feeling lonely, any of that, because that is human. Sure. So give yourself the time to feel the feelings and then get up and do something yeah. and do something different. Yeah. And, and realize that change because we, our God is abundant and the universe is abundant. And mm-hmm. so life is abundant mm-hmm. and change doesn't make life, doesn't take away the abundance and the future that can be filled with more and you can be happier than you've ever been before. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a choice. Happiness really is a choice. It is a choice. Uh huh. It is a Sometimes choice. Sometimes it is not easy. And I don't want anybody who is really feeling really sad and lonely to feel like they shouldn't feel it. I do think you need to feel it. Yeah. But I don't think you need to put it on and wear it around all day long. Yeah. For the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, or even for the rest of the day. Yeah. Give yourself like an hour. <laughs> I mean, if you were really, really sad for an hour, that's a long time. <laughs> yes. It's just so true. Mm-hmm. It's just so true. It is a choice. Well, and if people will own that choice and make that choice, they'll feel very empowered. Yeah. It yeah. takes them out of victimization. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've had to, I've, I, I worked my, I dug myself out of that. Me too. Yeah. It I, was not always easy. No. No. And I think surrounding yourself with people, like-minded people, mm-hmm. really helps. It really For helps sure. me. My friends are so positive. We all believe that life is abundant. We all are filled with joy. We all like we all have that same energy and it makes it really makes a difference who you surround yourself with. It does. I I, I I'm going to talk about North Park again. Yeah, they <laughs> should pay us. <laughs> North Park, North when Park. are you going to sponsor an episode? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, the first couple are on the house. But I think North Park is really fun at Christmas because they have all these different youth choirs come in, mm-hmm. and they have they have plays and they have dances. And, I mean, you can go out there, and and it's it can be fun. And just get one person to go with you if you don't feel comfortable doing it by yourself. But go out and be around people. If you are lonely, the answer to loneliness are humans. Mm. So get into some sort of place where there are a lot of humans. And it'll help. Really good. Janice, this has just been... Hasn't this been good, Kev? Yeah, I, I went look down at the time, and I was trying to get your attention. I'm like, oh god, because you said you had to be out of here by a certain oh, time. Oh, is it we're time like for way me? Past. Oh god, <laughs> really gotta go. Okay, sorry, bye, bye everybody. everybody. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Happy I Thanksgiving. Really Kevin. <laughs>